Hey everybody, welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington, you guys. Tonight's Monday night, and we're exploring part two of sleep paralysis. My name is Katherine Kaufman, and I'm a psychic medium here in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to my every Monday night show. This is where we discover what and who we are in this journey called life. The shows on Monday night are strictly meant to educate and broaden everybody's horizons. I'm going to drop a link in the comments right now to my YouTube channel that has all of the past episodes. There may be something in a past show that you've been wondering about that would probably be on the playlist Monday Night Live on my YouTube channel. So hey to Chastity, good to see you. Um, hey to all the guys over here on Instagram and hello to the people on my personal page, Debbie and Melissa Arthur Woosley. Now, if you want to engage in the live chat, the only place I do the live chat is on my personal page. There is a link in the description for this video with personal page link on it. So if you want to get in on the chat, click that link and come over to the personal page, especially if you're on the professional page. Hey to Ricky Elkins, Rita Fox, Sondra Buchanan Clemens. Hope you're doing okay, Ricky. Uh, special shout out to my son over here on Instagram, Michael Lawrence. Good to see you here. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, Sherry Moore over here on Facebook. Yasmin Jadun. Um, let's see who else is getting on here. Again, if you guys have any questions about the content, please feel free to uh, put that in the comments and I will try to answer as many questions as I can. A little bit of um, housekeeping before we get on to our content for today. Um, I do put up a special reading every year. It's an email reading. And the reason why it's an email reading is it's a year in review for 2020, uh, which means that it's a snapshot of every month through 2020. It gives you kind of an outlook for the year, things to watch out for, things to really focus in on and if you if it's an email reading that way people can save it in their inbox and go back really easily and look at the reading and kind of follow what they need to be doing hey to patty o'brien and ina and hey special shout out to joy over here on instagram so um that's one of the reasons why it's an email reading anyway this is only offered through the end of december because it's a forecast for 2020 uh, it goes away at the end of every December, 
and I don't offer it again until the following December 1st. So if you want to get in on this reading, you have to get it before December 30th. Just message me in the comments that you would like the 2020 reading, and I will definitely hook you up with that. Hey, to tell you more, Savannah and uh, Jen McGee and Philip Travis, good to see you on here. Uh, now, um, I'm going to take a little bit of a break over the holidays. And so when I return, it will be January 6th. And the show is going to be all about psychic attack. And it will probably be a two-part series for psychic attack because that's a really big subject that we need to delve into. But tonight's topic is sleep paralysis part two. Let me go over just a tiny bit of what we hit on last week. Uh, and if any of you guys have sleep paralysis or you want to ask a question about it, go ahead and, and uh, put your question in the comments right now. So sleep paralysis is a mechanism that, um, well, what happens is when you go to sleep and you get to a certain part in sleep, your muscles turn off. Your mind turns the voluntary muscles off so that while you're dreaming, you don't act out the dream and possibly hurt yourself. But what happens in sleep paralysis is that the mind wakes up and the mechanism that turns the muscles off is still engaged. And so that's why they call it paralysis, is your mind is awake and aware of the surroundings but you can't move or talk. And it's, it can be really, really quite scary, um, especially with the part of sleep paralysis that goes with it that can be uh, hallucinations of really kind of paranormal stuff like aliens or goblins or demons and, and things like that. So the people will often relate that are having the sleep paralysis that they see, hear, or feel things that uh, are quite phenomenal and scary in the room with them. Now, remember that sleep paralysis can be due to, you know, not having a regular sleep schedule, maybe sleeping a couple hours, getting up, going and working, and then going back to sleep. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about things to do to prevent or try to deal with sleep paralysis at the end of the show. Hey to Bailey Turner and Tammy Warren Settlemeyer. Good to see you guys here. And let's see. Hey to Native Dominic on uh, Instagram. I know I didn't say that right. <laughs> it's so small I can't hardly see it at all. But anyway, okay, wait, I'll give you a wave. There you go. <laughs> All right, so um, that's kind of a, a, a little bit of a brief look at what we talked about in depth last week. And we even went through the stages of sleep paralysis. So if you really want, if you missed that show and you want to get into it more, it's already up on my YouTube channel. Just go to the link in the comments and watch that episode. Tonight we're going to look at the other half of sleep paralysis is how to tell what's, you know, medical sleep paralysis and what is uh, you being under attack by an actual paranormal situation. 
So the the biggest. So I'm a, I'm a. I think that there's a part of sleep paralysis that is medically induced from lack of sleep and maybe medications or alcohol and that kind of thing. But I do think that there is a portion of sleep paralysis that are actual paranormal attacks that happen during your sleep. So what's the the number one reason why this happens during your sleep is because when you're awake, your conscious mind is sort of in control and it's constantly guarding your auric field through the day. But when you're asleep at night and like those muscles are turned off and that leaves you vulnerable and your conscious mind is not engaged, that leaves you vulnerable. You are at the highest risk for psychic and paranormal attack when you are asleep. That's why I think the most important time for you to practice psychic protection is during your sleep. And if you invest in any kind of psychic protection as far as gemstones or wards or anything like that, or, you know, things that you use for psychic protection, uh, really protect yourself at night is the utmost important thing because your conscious mind is not engaged to defend yourself when you're asleep. Hey to Tom Driver and Kim Asher. Um, so here are things that... I found that kind of determine whether or not it's a paranormal event or whether it's, you know, medical sleep paralysis. Now, the number one thing that they tell you not to do if you have a problem with sleep paralysis is sleeping on your back. Um, if you have sleep paralysis, you should always sleep on your side, uh, either one side or the other, but do not sleep on your stomach or your back. Now, here's an interesting thing about that is when you're positioning yourself for astral travel, you want to position yourself on your back in order to be able to astral travel more easily. So I think that that's significant, and I think it may have to do with the energy actually fluxing out of the body at night. And so I think it is too much of a parallel that that's the exact position you want to be in for astral travel but it's the exact position you don't want to be in if you have sleep paralysis factors to tell if it's a hallucination or if it's something real that's happening um, and that is is the hallucination position dependent let's say that you have sleep paralysis when you sleep on your back, right? Okay. And if you turn on your side, you're having it too as well, okay? Turning on your side doesn't help any. Or if you turn on your side and the sleep paralysis stops, that's probably not a paranormal event. My point being that no matter what position your body is in, the sleep paralysis and the hallucinations occur, that could lean more towards a paranormal event. If it's location dependent, that's a sure giveaway that it's a paranormal event. In other words, if you are in your home and you know your home could be haunted, okay, 
and you have sleep paralysis with hallucinations and attacks. But if you move, it no longer happens. That may not be medical sleep paralysis. That may actually be just paranormal attacks. Hey, to Doris Brown and Melissa Dozier Newman. <laughs> yes, Joy, happy Mystical Monday, and indeed. So, location dependent. Let's say at home you have uh, sleep paralysis, but if you go and stay with a friend or you stay with your parents or something like that, you never have sleep paralysis. That could lean more towards a paranormal event if it's location dependent. Um, here's another thing that you want to watch for are paranormal events that are happening around the sleep paralysis, like if you uh, wake yourself up from the sleep paralysis and there may be some poltergeist activity still in the room or you are awake and moving and you still see an apparition in the room or in the house, that's a paranormal event and not a medical sleep paralysis. So let me check for questions on the professional page really, really quick. And there aren't any, so that's good. All right, so paranormal events, uh, seeing apparitions in and around where uh, the sleep paralysis has occurred. Here's another big one. If you have sleep paralysis and you were attacked in your sleep, and then you wake up and you have marks on your body, like bruises on your wrists, your ankles, scratches on your back that you can't get to, that is a sure sign that it is probably a paranormal event and not a medical sleep uh, paralysis. So marks or scratches upon waking that correspond with the attack. That's another big, huge thing is if you're undergoing an attack and you wake up with markings in the same position uh, that were inflicted upon you while you were paralyzed, okay, paralysis, remember, you can't do that to yourself. If your sleep paralysis is engaged, you cannot mark yourself and experience it simultaneously. Interesting. Okay. Another thing that's huge for figuring out uh, if it's a true hallucination or for real is if you have a partner, husband, wife, companion, that um, witnesses the attack and witnesses paranormal stuff going on in the room while you're under paralysis or and attack, okay? A witness to the movement or uh, paranormal activity in the room. Let's say in your sleep paralysis, something grabs your ankles and yanks the sheet off of you and your companion. If your companion is wakes up and sees the sheet in the floor and you're laying there paralyzed, now remember, you're in paralysis, there's no way you could have removed the sheet. But if they witness that, then you have paranormal event and not sleep paralysis. I hope this is making sense to you guys. Hey, Rob, Abbott, Emily, and Pamela. Good to see you guys. I'm glad you showed up for Monday night. Um, so those are all things that can happen 
uh, to try to determine is this truly sleep paralysis or is it a paranormal event. Now, as always, and I have to say this, you need to consult with a medical doctor to, you know, determine if you have narcolepsy or something else going on medically that could explain the sleep paralysis. However, it's not going to explain the paranormal stuff that goes along with that. Um, another thing is if you're in question of whether or not you are having a paranormal event or it's just paralysis hallucinations, consult with an expert to determine the difference in the two. So give me a call and, and we can talk about it and see, you know, is it true medically induced sleep paralysis or is it a paranormal situation? Um, you also need to look at, you know, have you had other paranormal things happen to you in your life? You know, if so, what's the earliest age that you had something paranormal happen? Um, okay, so real quick, I want to go into things that you can do to deal or combat with sleep paralysis and then things we can do to combat a paranormal event. So if we're just dealing with like a medical sleep paralysis, the A number one thing is to have a regular sleep schedule and get at least six hours of uninterrupted sleep uh, a night. So that means you can't sleep for two hours and then get up and go work and then go back to bed. That's not going to work. Um, the brain goes through certain cycles at night and it needs each one of these cycles to you know, the dreams provide the subconscious dealing with stressors and anxieties of everyday living and suppressed uh, things that you've got to work through. Uh, Delta Wave provides restorative sleep. It restores your cellular makeup and uh, really refreshes your energy. So each one of the stages of sleep is extremely valuable. And we, we really need to allow the mind to go through those cycles because it, it's almost like a washing machine okay let's say you put your washing machine on to wash you stop it after 15 minutes you still have soap in your clothes the washing machine has to wash the clothes rinse and spin and that's the way this is it has to go through its stages to get everything taken care of that the mind needs to function healthy and normally the next day and that's kind of a really good analogy okay so uninterrupted sleep at least six hours regular sleep schedule that means you can't go to sleep nine o'clock one night and then 2 a.m the next night and then 7 p.m the next night it needs to be right around the same time 9 to 11 each night um Another thing that's big is do not sleep on your back. I wish I knew the mechanism to that because I find that that is so fascinating for me. Why? What is it about sleeping on your back that activates this? So I may need to do some more research into that. Um, if you consult with a medical doctor have them look at the medicines that you're taking you know maybe one of those medications could be causing 
this to happen. Again, as always, alcohol causes all the problems in the world. So no alcohol, and always, I have to say this, get evaluated by your MD. Now let's move on to what to do if it is a paranormal event. This opens up a whole can of worms because if it is a true paranormal event, then it's going far past just the attack at night, probably. So that means you have got to look at what kinds of things are going on in the home. Um, how open is this person at night to psychic attack? Do they have any type of psychic protection in place at night? So we're just going to go through a couple of psychic protection things that you can do. Um, but I want to let you know that it's probably more in depth than just putting up some psychic protection. So you need to consult with a, an expert and, uh, or somebody else and uh, figure out what's the whole picture, what's the whole picture of what's going on, okay? So Susan says, hi, I really need to know it has happened, I, I really need to know it has happened to me a few times lately. Uh, so Rob says, gratitude for you to doing, oh, thank you, Rob, I appreciate that. So Susan, can you describe some of your situations with your sleep paralysis and did you experience any of the aspects that we talked about when it's a paranormal event? Um, and if you missed that part of the show, you can rewind and watch it later and then just put it in the comments and I'll get to it as soon as I can. So if you're, if you're having a paranormal event, these are some things that you can do uh, to protect yourself at night. So number one, uh, don't sleep on your back. Again, e even if it's a paranormal event, because why? That's the position that we use for astral travel. And there's, I think there's some kind of mechanism about the etheric uh, pulling out of the body. And it, and it can only do that when you're laying on your back, or it, it more readily does that when you're laying on your back. So try to sleep on your side, number one. Number two, you can place up a barrier of consecrated salt around the bed, under the bed, even in like a Ziploc bag under your pillow, and just stick some rosemary down in that as well. We have found that the more constituents you use for your psychic protection, the more layers of uh, protection and barriers that go up so each item or each thing has an energetic um, type of energy an energetic type of uh, quality of you know maybe repellent or protection and the more of these that you use the more layers of protection that you employ so rosemary has a very cleansing protective type of energy uh, mint has a very cleansing, astringent, uh, pr projective type of energy. So you could use those together, plus some consecrated salt. All consecrated salt is, is holy salt that has been prayed over. Now you want to get kosher salt. You want to get a large flake. Uh, that will hold the energy longer of the intent of your prayers. 
And if you're wondering what type of prayers to use, you can make up your own or you can go on the internet and just type in the search bar protective psalms. There will be a whole list of things that come up with suggestions on which one to use for what. Now, all you have to do is, you know, say that prayer or encant it over the salt while you're holding the salt because your body needs to be in contact with that item that you are consecrating. So you can consecrate water, salt, but like I said, salt is a crystal. It's also an electrolyte. It loves electricity. It loves the power of your body, and it imprints really well, and it does not attenuate very fast. I would say consecrated salt really lasts about three months. So that's pretty good. So you want to place that either around the perimeter of the room, the bed, under the pillow. You can add herbs to it to you know, really impart more energy to that. Um, Rob says using railroad ties, iron or scissors, those are also, they have good qualities of cleansing and protection to them. Um, so other things that you can use, you can use like a um, barrier of gemstones around your bed and you wanna use cleansing and protecting type of gemstones. Those would be things like selenite, programmed quartz crystal, apophyllite is one of the best gridding for protection that I can recommend. Um, things like black tourmaline, black onyx, black obsidian, hematite is even pretty good at that. Uh, you can put those under the bed, under the pillow, around the room or around the bed. Now, if you're using selenite, um, you don't wanna let that particular gemstone come in contact with little kids or animals because it, it can be toxic. So if you're using that type of stone, you need to put it up like on a little shelf around the room or under the mattress where no one can get to it. So those are all really good things to do. Um, let's see, is, okay, you can use lemon peel too. Uh, dried lemon peel in with the salt is another good thing that's uh, used for psychic protection at night. And so there, there are a whole lot of other things that can be used. Um, I'll, um, when I do the January 6th episode on psychic attack, we're gonna go into more of these, but this is just, a little smattering of things that you can get started with right now. Uh, the, the most important thing I think though to convey to you guys is to figure out whether or not it, you know you're having a medical sleep paralysis or whether or not you're having a true paranormal encounter. Now my contention is I do think that there's there's both. I don't think that there's one or the other I think there's a certain population that has the medical sleep paralysis, and then I think there's a portion of people that have true paranormal encounters, and we looked at those things that will help you determine the difference between is this a medical situation or is this a paranormal situation. Thanks, you guys, for joining me. I hope you guys have a really happy holiday season. Um, I look forward to seeing you again on January the 6th. And, and so this is the last show for 2020. 
So I'm going to see you in 2021. I may pop on some live streams uh, with some holiday stuff here and there until January 6th. But um, look forward to Psychic Attack on January 6th. Kisses from Kentucky, and I will see you guys then. Later.